this is Robert Ranks, a radio broadcaster, voiceover, event organizer, and general all-around good guy. Love the culture. Well, my background is um, Caribbean. Grew up in uh, the heart of a very heavily Caribbean, densely populated community, Wilsdon. Well, I've lived in the borough all my life, and coming from the borough that I come from, and if you know the history of, of, of Brent, it's very, very closely intertwined with Jamaican music culture. I mean, most of the most prominent names have established a mark in the UK. Many of them, I'd say, without disrespecting any other community, I think probably 70% of uh, the biggest output for Caribbean music, especially Jamaican music, came from this side of town. Wouldn't say it's the best, but it's very prominent. And I mean, history will tell you that. My connection through reggae was, um, I mean, the, the, the community I came from was heavily, heavily part of um, the story of reggae. Most of the, the names going way back from the 60s into the 70s, right through to the 80s, my growing up period, um, there's been an attachment with Northwest London and reggae. And that's coming from popular studios popular recording artists, popular reggae producers, reggae distribution, reggae, uh, the manufacturing. A lot of that happened around, in and around North London. A heavily influenced sound system um, for me, the background. Growing up in, in my household, it was, it was constantly reggae. I think the only other music that got a look in um, was probably in the early years, country and western. Well, that was something that my dad was kind of like was he, he, it was part of his upbringing and he brought that with him but um in our household predominantly it was reggae i mean we listened to the radio during the morning rush hour going to school you turn on the radio and you hear a radio one or whatever capital london whatever it was called and you'd hear uh, a bit of uh, of pop music obviously playing but it was mainly just to keep abreast with the time and the traffic but after rush over, rush hour it was like you know you know come home in the evening you know you do your school work and what have you but reggae would always be part of the background it was like the backdrop that was that was like soundtrack number one away from the possibly the television the 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 gram the gram in 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 the household was our music from our music our our music doctrine knowledge um inspiration was was from there um the first record i purchased with my own money <laughs> funny enough it, it wasn't actually the first vinyl record i brought my money would have been it was an r&b record because it was being played at school with evelyn champagne king a record by um evelyn champagne it was an r&b record forget the name of it but i'm sure someone will remind me but then after i purchased that record and the reason as i said i, I purchased it because it was it, love come down it was like a popular record at school and we just started to see the first uh, record stores opening outside of Harlesden, like moving towards Wembley and what have you. And there was an Alprice on the high road and I walked into Alprice. There wasn't a big selection of reggae, but they had all these R&B records you used to hear, uh, soul records you used to hear alongside the reggae records. And it was probably, that was probably the first record I think I physically bought and it was a 12 inch and that was mine. And then after that, um, when I started to be, you know, when I could afford to buy my own music, I think the first uh, album, which I class that as, you know, that's when you break your duck is when you buy your first reggae album was um, Freddie McGregor, 
the album was called All in the Same Boat. And I bought it because my brother used to uh, buy records. So all the classic reggae albums was in my household. But I didn't have one myself. So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy something that I can put alongside the, the, the record stand, which is classic. And that was Freddie McGregor, All in the Same Boat. But obviously before then, all the albums from um, Burning Spears, classic uh, reggae stuff, Gregory, John Hall. Those were in, in our house anyway. But my fina- my first finance was a Freddie McGregor album. Well, there was so many places you could go to to listen to. I, I suppose for uh, a lot of people, they wouldn't be your traditional spots that you go like, you know, uh, like club. They were youth centers. So we had the luxury of having so many of these youth centers which, which adopted a music policy as well as, you know, obviously keeping the community safe or what have you. They knew that. If you played music in the youth centres, you you draw the attention of young people, and it was way of them keeping an eye, a tab on who was doing what, who was what, who was who was involved in in anything, or who wasn't involved in anything. So the, the youth centres drew me in. So obviously, my first youth centre was in my in the area I grew was that out in Wembley, and that was like at my at my old school. And then there was Alberton Youth Centre, there was Tiverton um, in Kensal uh, Kensal Rise, there was. Um, Tavistock in Harvest, and there was there was so many places. Grant Road in Harrow, which is classed, I think I think it was still a Brent establishment, but there were so many um, places you could go to hear music. And obviously, how you how you you access this music was the sound systems. So for me, my first real understanding and how to taste the music and sample the music was at the youth centres, and it was the local sound systems. So that, that that's where my education came from. We didn't, we didn't find out about reggae events through radio. That was the last place you go, because there was no radio that was actually playing. This is way before pirate radio. I mean, pirate radio, to my knowledge, I started listening to pirate radio probably about 1986. So there's a few local stations. There was one in Labrook Grove that took off. But for us to know about events, you'd have to go to... You'd have to go to the um to the youth centres. You'd have to go to the local record stores. You pick up flyers, and there was obviously multiple packets of flyers at the record store that you could pick up and find out what was happening, where the events were were in the in the area. So they were the spots that we used uh, to find out about it. But as as I said, a lot of this was hinged around sound system. It was just the the sounds were the 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 you know the the, the the advertisers, they were the the the, the beacons, they were the, the tannoys, however you want to call them, they were the guys that did all the calling. You 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 know, if you followed a decent sound system, you would know from that sound system where he's going, you then find out where everybody else is going. So that's how it was kind of like communicated back then. I don't have a favorite reggae track. I I favor so many tracks. There's so many tracks mean different things to me. No one particular track. And if I if I was to say this particular track meant so much to me, I'd be lying because the music was, it, 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 it did more for me than just a favourite. It, it wasn't always about the lyrics. It was Sometimes it was about the beat. Sometimes it was about just the mood of the track. And those records kind of played a different different roles in, in me as a person, my upbringing, my mood, my how how basically how I, I my life is broke broken down so my life is broken down in so many different ways and so is my music it's almost like how you eat food I treat music like food I, I don't have a one particular favorite food food dish but 
there's so many different dishes that I I I I, I consume and I find really interesting and depending on the mood I'm in that's what I eat depending on the mood I'm in that's what I listen to a favorite reggae artist that that's a, a close one because I'd say the artist that meant the most to me and it's because of hearing so much of his music when I was young and I probably he was my first favorite artist and still is to this day so he was the first artist I would listen to reggae artist and I was like wow this guy this guy god that was Dennis Emmanuel Brown so I can't say I've lost my favor or, or, or my taste for listening to Dennis Brown. So probably he stays at the top of the list as my favorite all-time reggae artist, who I met for the first time in Harlem, in Brent. So after listening to this man for many years, the first time I had a chance to actually meet him personally and speak to him was in my, in my community. Um, I currently not only listen to reggae music, I serve reggae music. So I've spent many years doing this thing as a broadcaster. So... There's not much reason for me to go outside of this music that I have in my library to listen to music. I mean, I, I have a 24-hour radio stream, which um, which is out every day, um, plays the very best in like contemporary reggae, dancehall, roots. You know, it's, you know, it's it's very much that that taste. Um, it plays 24 hours a day. I don't say I listen to my <laughs> my my radio stream 24 hours a day, but I can turn it on most times of the day and listen to stuff that's been um, carefully brought into the, 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 the station or the radio stream, courtesy of, like, friends and colleagues. I have a lot of guest mixes from some of the best DJs and selectors in the, in the culture from all over the world, and it's programmed on the station. So sometimes I actually enjoy listening to, uh, what should I say, sometimes, most times I enjoy listening to the DJs that are, come and do the guest shows on my radio platform called Robo Ranks Radio, which you can find on roboranks.com and all the various radio apps. But this is what people know me as, uh, a radio broadcaster. Caster. And also people know me as a DJ. I've been doing this thing for like well over 25 years, playing in and around the community and obviously moving out, taking it worldwide. And yeah, it's uh, pretty much uh, the the name is the brand and the brand is the name. And uh, most people that um, have, a, have, a, have had a chance to um, get involved in or look and had a chance to sample what I do pretty much know yeah, what I'm about, RoboRanks.com. The, the contributions from artists and musicians from Brent is undeniable. I mean, it's like some of the biggest names, which I'm sure during the course of this whole uh, celebration, you'll be surprised to find out these people were actually born in the borough, lived in the borough, or you know, came from Jamaica and settled in the borough. The contribution from, for people from people from from Brent. I mean, I, I, I'll say this, if there wasn't this community that we we were blessed to be um, lived amongst, I don't know if reggae would, would have had the impact it has. I mean, this is a geographical thing because we can, we can look back in history and see how the communities were put in places or they came to and established their... Uh, communities and places brent was very unique because the three of three of the three ma- major cultures or uh, which say major islands from the caribbean settled in brent um obviously jamaicans people from the uh, grenada and there's a lot of people from st lucia and dominica and that made up a bulk of the community and all these kids have not only jamaican kids kids 
whose parents come from um, the islands had got involved in reggae because reggae was it was one of the most attractive entertainment avenue that you could you could want to be amongst. I mean, you, you, it could start as small as a sound system to a fully fledged, you know, um, reggae band. And there were so many of them. I mean, as I said, I'm sure by the time this uh, whole uh, uh, um, celebration is um, out and out and popping, you 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 you'll see some of the names, and um, there are some really 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 great names that um, have done immense work for the um, for the culture in the borough. Well, there's, there would be an argument to say that the, this borough has produced more sounds than any other borough. I would say we have probably produced, but then you've got to look at the size-wise of South London and you go to somewhere like Lambeth and, and look at the great names and sounds and DJs that come out of South London. I mean, the size of South London. But in terms of our size as a, as a, as, as a borough, We've 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 done we've had some great great sound systems in. I don't want to I don't be biased and call the names of the sound systems, but they all know who they are. There's so many great sound systems, um, and sound system culture is definitely where it all started. I mean, most of the guys who established themselves to become some of the big radio personalities we have today all started on sound systems. I mean, moving forward to where we are, 2020 is kids who are who are currently in in um, you know in 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 places um, influential places in in the in the black music scene here? Their parents were sound systems um, operators or owners or had some dealings. You know, some of the biggest grind names right now in the UK parents are sound system owners. So sound systems has played a massive part in the contribution of reggae and black music in the UK. And being that it was uh, a way for people of our community to have some control, a modicum of control on their life, on their culture. Sound system was like the first thing that you could appreciate that we owned until it started to become, you know, a thriving business. And there's people who've, who've lived handsomely from playing sound to this day. So, yeah, very important um, um, establishment in our community sound systems. The popular DJs, popular sound systems, were responsible for the the, the night the night nightlife economy. Um, and as you rightly quoted, that you know, from hair salons to even down to you know, a food shop might not be the ideal example, but some of these food shops and food establishments survived because. People used to go to those shops and find out where the events were going because the flyers were in there. And some people would go to the shop and they may just buy a, a soup or buy two dumplings and a patty and leave just to pick up the flyers. So it contributed to that economy. It contributed to, as you know, you know, uh, here, fashion, some of the stores, you know, on a Saturday night, if the, the latest gears was in, the, in a certain particular store, that would be sold out because the biggest parties were happening. So the night life economy had a great contribution to daytime economy um and as i said there's people who have uh, who have established their from sound systems like some of into even some of the biggest radio pirate radio stations which was another way of expressing our our culture and and, and giving us some freedom they were um established through a lot of the guys who started pirate radio they started because they had a sound system um, background, and they were very popular 
sound system DJs or sound system owners, and they went on to establish pirate radio. And it, 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 you know, it's it, it, it's developed into so many industries. But um, it was the, as I said, it it was about us embracing our own culture, embracing our own music, and being able to play it when we want it, how we want it. I mean, within the law, but sometimes the law didn't work with us. But within the law, we it was for us to just have that freedom of expression. And sound system culture was was one avenue that we could um, clearly say is ours, and it was for us. <laughs> Reggae music had had I think it had the biggest. It wasn't that we're in sports brands because of a you 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 watching John Barnes or. Kenny Dalglish, Ian Wright. It was the music. The music de- determined your fashion. Your swag was determined by the music. Most of what was in fashion was spoken about on the records by the artists or the DJs or the singers. So you know what I mean? When Little John sung a song like "All Up Your Foot and With Your Clark Booties," there's a bag of kids, English kids, buying Clark shoes that we were never interested in before. But because of this record, we started to wear these English brand shoes. What we thought when we were growing up, they were ugly. But Jamaican, our Jamaican parents or our Jamaican our counterparts were like, these shoes are, are the greatest. We were, you know, very much heavily influenced by um, fashion. And then later on, I mean, by news, by sound system culture, but later on, even where you look at where hip hop has come in and run DMC, we're wearing these full Adidas kids in, in that was listening to dance or would wear the, the stuff that we saw our heroes wear. So if you saw yellow man in a full Adidas tracksuit. I'm wearing it because I'm yellow. I'm wearing it because I run DMC. If you see Shabba rocking, well, Shabba didn't wear much sportswear, but the stuff what the, the, the trend-setting artists were wearing, of course that was going to influence um, influence the kids, especially over here. So, yeah, the music is definitely an influencer where fashion is concerned. Obviously, reggae produces so many dance styles, and obviously the offspring of reggae, which is dance um, has established so many dances, um, which, which is still influencing uh, music to this day, from Ed Sheeran to Justin Bieber to Major Lazer, all those guys who are uh, benefiting from our dance culture, which is dance or which derives from reggae. So yeah, dances, dances have always been a, a part of the music. It's always part of that, that colourful backdrop, whether it's from the Bogle dance to, I don't know, Panda River, Panda Bounce, wherever the latest dance I go on, I mean, um, uh, the, the music reflects it. Reggae has always been about uh, that. Soka does that as well. Obviously, Soka does that, but no disrespect to the Soka man. The Soka man will just say, wine, 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 wine. But dance, I'm only joking, guys. But yeah, the dance hall has always had a, a dance, dancing, dance move has always been um, something that's very high up in the conversation where the culture is concerned. Reggae has, has always been defined as a protest music. It's always, it, it, it is the get up, stand up. It was the music that told me to stand up for my rights. You know what I mean? Long before Bob Marley, before I, I listened to that Bob Marley, was many records from Culture to Burning Spears, from Steel Pulse, stuff I used to listen to as a kid, radical. And, it, and you know, people say, oh, reggae don't deal with politics. But, you know, politics is about the mass. And reggae dealt with the mass, and and the the, the globe is is populated by poorer people. So reggae spoke to those people first. You know, it's not about oh, you know, whole one love, one love. It spoke to poor people first. The first people that identified reggae was poor people. So, you know, you you don't go and tell poor people, yeah, everything's nice and we're having a great time. You told them to get up, 
fight for your rights. Um, keep fighting. Um, keep striving for better. Better must come. It's the better must come music. It's the get up stand up music, you know. So it may not be looked at as politics itself, but it is a political. It was it was always about the struggle. The music has has always had that undertone about it. That's what makes it so popular. That's why it is so popular um, worldwide to this day, even without major chart success. I mean, we have Bob Marley stands like a beacon, but you take away Bob Marley, they didn't give the music any any credit. But there's so many people who underpin that that um, that voice, that struggle. And uh, yeah, the music the the, the music is, is massively popular worldwide because of um it's um stance. Well, my connection with the reggae scene, I mean, it's, it's an industry, it's, it, the industry itself. Um, I you know I've had over 25 years of dealings with it, so it's it's what pays the light bill. It's what put foods on the table for me. So that's my connection. I mean, the, the, those are the things that are I'm tied to. But the greatest connection I have with the music is right in the middle of my chest, my heart. I think um, all the things that suggested books, landmarks, statues, even murals are all great things. I, I, I Personally, I would favor more landmarks because it's there. You can see it. You know, you go to uh, America and you see the... the the walk of was it the, the the where the stars are on the floor Hollywood we see the those uh, stars on the floor for people that have contributed to the the film industry I think we should have landmarks all around the community they should serve as reminders uh, like as a reminder of 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 the people who have contributed to uh, and enrich the culture so that would be my personal choice would be. Um, landmarks. I think that would be a wonderful thing. You go to kids going to school, people coming back on the way from work, people that come to the community to visit, family can actually look and, and learn from from these landmarks. So that would be my personal choice. But the most that I wish that Brent would try to achieve in this um, celebration of the culture, um, which I want him to do 100%, to just tell the real truth. No pussyfooting around and fluffing it and jazzing it to try to make it look like it's some Walt Disney. Just tell the truth as it is. Tell the truth about the struggle. Tell the truth about the contributors. Tell the truth about what they, the credits they didn't get, what they should get. I mean, these are the things that I would want um, to uh, be told. And um, if that is achieved, I'll hold my hands up. That's good enough for me.